0: Thanks guys. Let me just just pray again. Can't pray too much, can you? Heavenly Father, I just lift up today to you, Lord God. I just pray that every heart is open and attentive to your voice. I pray that everyone here catches you, catches a, a part of your heart, Lord God. And I pray that no one goes from here unchanged today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your presence. Amen. Guys, can be seated. Thanks, band. Bit of sneaky acoustic today, Zach. That was good. I love a bit of acoustic. (laughs) Um, I'm going to tell you a story today. It's probably not a surprising story for anyone who knows me, actually. Picture maybe year three, so seven year old Erin, okay? I was at school. I was um, choosing sport. We had an opportunity to choose our sports and swimming was an option because it was summer. I was coming up to summer and I'm like, you know, it's swimming. Everyone, everybody wanted to, to do swimming. Only a small portion of people in the class were allowed to do swimming. So I'm filling out my form, ignored the big, bold bit that said, you must be able to swim, Ignored that, just filled it in. I was a pretty good kid, so I got chosen. I was pumped, packed my swimmers, didn't tell mum about it, packed my swimmers, packed my towel. I couldn't actually swim. So here I am, I go to the swimming pool with the chosen sport group and I'm lining up next to the pool. We're all lining up and everyone's jumping in. They're like, jump in and swim, 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 swim. They were quite good swimmers. And in the back of my mind, I'm going, I've never actually done this before. Um, I've been to the pool, but I'd never had swimming lessons. Don't know. Thanks, Mum, for all of this. <laughs> never had swimming lessons. And it, it, I'm getting closer to the to the front, and I'm getting a little bit nervous going, oh, uh, no, she'll be right. And I was totally talking myself into it. Saw this guy, Gary Coburn, jumps in in front of me, and he's, like, swimming. And I'm like, man, if Gary can do it, I can totally do it. I've got this. Anyway, I get, like... If this is the pool, this is me, they're like, okay. The teacher's like, okay, Aaron, off you go. And I'm like, all right. In I dive. I go straight to the bottom and, and that's it. Like I'm just like, oh, I, I don't actually know what to do from here and I'm like struggling a bit, just water everywhere. The teacher had to jump in and save me in front of the rest of the class and he was miffed, man. He did not want to go into the water that day but he had to jump in after this punk kid who couldn't swim, who said she could swim, just had this overconfidence thing happening and he says to me, can't you swim? And I said, I thought I could. (laughs) And he's like, go to the shallow end of the pool and stay there. And so I'm like... Okay. Subsequently, I did learn how to swim. Also subsequently, don't love swimming. Don't know if it comes from that or coming from the country. I don't know. I'm not a strong swimmer, but I can swim, so don't worry about that. I just, I reflect back on it. I'm like, what was I thinking? I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. The confidence of a seven-year-old can sometimes be amazing. Today, I want to talk to you about going for a swim, yeah? Let me read Ezekiel 47. I didn't get it up on the screen because I'm going to paraphrase it a bit. There's a fair bit of detail in it. Ezekiel 47 verses 1 to 5 it says, In my vision, this is Ezekiel talking, the man, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and there I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing right of the altar. The men brought me outside and led me around to the other entrance. There we could see the water flowing out through the south. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for about 500 meters and then he led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 500 meters and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees After another 500 metres, it was up to my waist. And then he measured another 500 metres and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim, but too deep to walk through. Ezekiel sounded like he went for a bit of a swim that day. I'd like to swim in those waters. You know what those waters were? They They flowed from underneath the very throne of God. Those waters flow from the presence of God. It's the river of God and the healing waters and the presence of God flowing f- straight from him, straight from his throne. I'd swim in that. Do you guys want to swim in that? You want to get in that? I can picture everybody here. Like, I guess if you think of a beach scene or a, or a, a river, Grew up in the country, so, you know, we went to the river to swim. I can picture us, like, dotted everywhere. Like, some people are, like, in the river, some people are. Up on the bank, where are you along that river? Where are you standing? Honestly, where are you standing alongside that river of God? See, some people are, like, way up the riverbank, man, They've set up camp, they've got their camping spot, and they're like, no, I'm not going in the river today. I'll lose my spot. I'm not moving. I'll just sit and watch. They never actually get to experience what the river's like. They never experience it. Some Christians or outsiders, they're just on the fringe. They just they just watch. They watch what the presence of of God does in people's lives. They watch it all and they're like, um. no, I'm comfortable here. I'll watch, but I'm comfortable here. And they never actually get to step in and experience any kind of the presence of God because they're comfortable. They don't want to give that up. Some people are ankle deep and that's better, right? They're going down to the river. They don't care about their camping spot getting trashed. They've come down to the river and they're like toes in. It's nice, it's fresh, you know, you can paddle around a bit, it's splash, It's fun. But there's no depth there, is there? When you're paddling in something that's like up to your ankles, you're like, that's a little bit of fun. You're not real serious about getting in, are you? If you're paddling, you're like, well, I don't really want to go any deeper. I'm not dressed appropriately. I didn't bring a change of clothes. This is as far as I'll go. Not willing to give up any more of this. I'm happy right here. There's no depth. Some people are like, yeah, no, let's get in the river wading in waist deep. That's good, right? You're like, you're in it. Have you ever walked around in waist deep water? It's like, you you can't go anywhere fast. It's like, ever tried to run after kids in waist deep water? It's like slow, you feel like a hippopotamus. It's like slow motion. You can't, you ain't going anywhere fast when you're in waist deep water. I feel like a lot of Christians stay in waist-deep water in the presence of God. In the river of God, they stay waist-deep. And that's it, because it's hard to move forward, it's hard to move back, and it gets exhausting real quick. And sometimes they rack off out into ankle-deep again. Some people, it's getting better. You're way out in the middle of the river. It's deep. Can't touch the bottom Swimming around, you're like, presence of God, come on. You're like digging in, you swim. How far can you swim? How long can you tread water? I can't tread water very long. Like I said, I can swim to save my life. If I have to tread water for any longer than, say, two minutes, I'm like, get me out with you, she is, but Simon, where are you? I can't tread water for very long. So if I'm in the middle of that river and I'm swimming, I cannot maintain that energy for much for a very extended amount of time. I'll get tired, and what happens then? I've got two choices: I drown, or I go back to the edge of the water. There's some Christians that are like, "Yeah, I want to go deep in the water," and they're good, strong swimmers. And they're diving down. They're diving down into the depths of that river of God. But they have to keep popping up for air, right? You have to, you dive down, you pop up. You, you, there's only so far that you can go doing that, right? You might be diving down, but eventually you feel that, that your lungs are burning. I've got to get some air. So you pop back up. So... What if we drowned in the river of God? What if we, see, letting go of the things of this life is imperative to going deeper into God's presence. And if we don't have to keep bobbing up to the surface, how far could we go into the presence of God if we could let if we didn't have to be attached to the things that kept bringing us back to the edge of the water, if we didn't have to be attached to the things that we had to keep getting a breath of, of the world, you know, how deep could you go? What if we submitted to the depths and the current and the rolling rapids of the waters of the presence of God? What, what if? I was reading a book about Heidi, or I was reading a book by Heidi Baker, and she quotes this. She says, We are created to breathe the air of the kingdom of heaven. To be immersed in the waters of his love and presence, we simply have to drown. I love what Tim did today, and we just, we had a moment where we were like, we breathed consciously connecting with heaven, breathing the breath of heaven Breathing in God's very presence, that that is what our spirits need. That's what keeps us alive. Why is it so hard, though? You know, I, I'm not there. I'm not, I have not got this sussed out. I'm still working at it. And I have come to the conclusion is that this life, is hard to let go of, like it's hard to let go of certain things, and they they hold us spiritually here because it's so tangible. Like I'm here, I I can if I hit someone, there's you can feel it's right here. But what we forget is that our life is so temporal. See James four fourteen says. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Let me show you an artist that I think is pretty nifty. He's pretty clever. His name is Andy Goldsworthy. I'm hoping something comes up eventually. Yeah? This is some of his artwork. So he will go out into a place and he will... um, gather whatever is around him it might be leaves in this particular one it's leaves it might be rocks it might be ice depends on the environment he chooses and then whatever is there he kind of collects it all up and arranges it into like this beautiful environmental thing he photographs it documents it and then leaves it this is temporal art it's not meant to last and it's, it echoes life and the impermanence of life and how you you can make this beautiful thing and that, that is our, what our lives are meant to be these beautiful um, intrinsic kind of things, but then then it's gone it's not permanent. our lives here are not permanent and say this This here lasts but a moment, but I think it paves our life here, paves the way to eternity, all right? This is not our home, guys. This is not our home. When we die, we are taken home, and I forget that. I'm preaching this because this is a revelation I've had. I forget this is not my home, even though it feels like it. There is... Eternity is a bigger, longer, greater expanse and that, that is our home. Eternity with God in heaven, that is our ultimate home. And see, in life, there is a way that God has chosen for us, okay? He's designed for us to walk. There is there is a path, there is a way that He's like, I've put you here This is the ideal way. Now we choose, there's like a billion different like little roads going off that we can choose, right? The greatest way that we can go that God has set apart for us is determined only by us. Dictated only by how deep in his presence we are willing to dwell. Okay? If we're bobbing up and down all of the time, if we're ducking in and out of the river, we're going to deviate from the path and we do, we're human. But if we keep in the back of our minds, get in the presence of God, we will stick to that way that he has for us because there is a way that each of us has, we are chosen. Like Kale said, there is a way that is chosen for you that if you walk in the presence of God, you will not miss it and it will be great. And it will, I, I believe that eternity will bear the marks Of the life that we live. So, if we live that way, it will be beautiful, it will be godly, it will be righteous, it will mean something great in eternity. And eternity will echo that. So, eternity is also not the treat that we get for living a good life. You know it's not like, "Oh, good job. He's eternity. It's pretty good. Golden stuff. It's like, no, it's, it's the home that we get to dwell in, and we get to dwell in the presence of God forever. You know? Do you, you can see the the dynamic, like we want to live in the presence of God here, and then we, want, we get to live in the presence of God there. Yeah? There's like, there's a, there's a connection there. So why do we cling? Why do we cling to the things of this life? And what is God telling us? What is God telling you? What is God telling me to let go of? It's one of the things I want to challenge you guys and what I have been challenged by. What do I cling to? Is it comfort? Is it Entertainment, is it pride, is it offence, is it whatever, fill in the gap. Be honest. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell anybody. But you have to tell God and you have to let it go. Otherwise, how deep you go into the river of his presence will be affected. I don't particularly like deep waters, okay? Could be something to do with the fact I don't swim well. But I used to have, and sometimes still do, have this reoccurring, it's, quite, it's not quite a nightmare, but it's a weird dream that I go, ugh, about. And I'll be in water, it will be dark, and I can't touch the bottom. I can't see what's below me, and I'm like, ugh. If I'm in any water that is deep, that I can't see the bottom, I'm freaking out. Might not look like I am, but inside I'm like freaking out. I'm thinking instantly I go to sharp teeth and something grabbing me, <laughs> pulling me under. That's way too many weird movies, I guess, but that's what I think of. But deep waters scare me. I did some research. The deepest lake in the world is called Baker Lake, and it is 1,600 meters deep. It's in Russia. It's frozen most of the time. But it's beautiful. Can you imagine? So 1,600 metres deep is like five Eiffel Towers. That's deep, man. That's like I ain't swimming out in the middle of there for sure. But that's nothing. You may think, whoa, five Eiffel Towers deep. That's deep. The Mariana Trench is the next one. Holy moly, look at how deep that is. I just look at that and I'm like, nope, nope. 11,000 metres deep. 11,000. That is deeper than Mount Everest is tall. Okay? Only, so put it in perspective, a couple of hundred people have explored space, right? Like gone to the moon, explored it, whatever three people have been to the bottom of that sucker. That's how, like, I'm just like, oh, man, that's deep. Then there's the depth of space. Another thing that kind of I think about, I love to look at the sky and I love to look at stars. I love to go out to the country and just look up and I'm like, oh, and it's like, the more you look, it's like my eyes hurt. The more you look, the deeper it is, the more stars I see. Space is deep. I looked up, I looked, Googled it. How deep is space? Don't, don't know. Like, let's just put billions of light years and a number to it. Like, who, it's just beyond what we can really measure, I think. And I think of some of those movies. You, Simon, my husband, is into, like, sci-fi, aren't you, babe? That's okay. You're a bit of a nerd. And, um, you know, there's often those scenes where they're out on the outside of the ship and if they let go, they'll drift in space forever. And there's this sense of this depth, like you will drift forever, like this depth of, of nothingness, of breadth of something, okay? It's pretty scary, the immenseness and the depth. God's presence... And his heart are unfathomable. Now we look at these things and we're like, whoa, that's deep. Whoa, that's even deeper. Whoa, that's wide. There is an end to space, yeah? There is an end. There is not an end to God's presence and his heart. There is no end. Unfathomable. It is deeper than all of those things. I think he puts them in creation to get us to consider how deep he is. Like you think of that lake, you think of that trench in the, in the ocean, you think of space, God is bigger. He is broader. He is deeper. And I, I love that. It's just a taste, just a taste of I'm, I'm broader. I, I have more. So bring it back to the river. Where are we standing? Like you might be like, you've got this sussed and you're like, yeah, I'm going for it. There is always deeper. You might be standing on the riverbank. Get in, get deeper. Wherever you're standing, there is deeper. Get deeper, yeah? Honestly, think about what is stopping you from going deeper. Ask him. Open up your heart, open up your spirit and just quietly say, God, what is it? Be ready for the answer, by the way, because it's usually something you do not want to let go of. But if you want to go deeper with God, you be honest and you ask. You wait for the answer. Submit because being in the depths of the presence of God, it is the answer. I believe the presence of God is the answer to every problem every person has. Full stop. Exclamation mark even. Times three. If you are sick, get into the presence of God. If you need a job, get into the presence of God. If you have anxiety, get in the presence of God. If you have sin, get into the presence of God. If you have offence, get into the presence of God. If you have family disputes, troubles, arguments, get into the presence of God. It is literally the answer. No amount of counselling, no amount of talking out your feelings or anything like that. Get in the presence of God. That is it. And get deeper because the presence of God, it overshadows all of those things. It has the answer. It is where freedom is found and claimed literally in there, looking at his face, connecting with his heart. That's where all of the answers are found. We look everywhere else for it sometimes. And see... The sacrificial death of Jesus, it gets us unlimited, unlimited access to the presence of God. Unlimited, that's it. There's no limit, no limit to God, no limit to how we can access him and is only limited by our decisions. How much do you decide you want to let go of? How much do you decide that you want to enter in? That's it. C.S. Lewis has a pretty cool quote. Says, um, give up yourself, and you will find your real self. Lose your life, and you will save it. Submit to death, death of your ambitions and favorite wishes every day, and death of your whole body. In the end, submit with every fiber of your being, and you will find eternal life. Keep back nothing. Nothing that you have not given away will really be yours anyway. Nothing in you that has not died will ever be raised from the dead. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin and decay. But look for Jesus and you will find him. And with him, everything else thrown in. It's the whole, you give up your life and you gain it. You hold on to your life and you lose it. Honestly, All I want, all I want is to go deeper with God. I want to get lost. I just want to get lost in Christ and go deeper into his heart, know him more. That is my heart. And it's my heart for you guys too. I don't just want to do it for myself. I want everybody, just take, that extra step. Let go of that thing and take that extra step. Let's go deeper together. Imagine what we could do. Imagine how God will use us. Imagine how much of him we would have. I love that. And so let's all move deeper into the river of his presence. Honestly, drown in him. And so what that looks like is you have to do business with letting go of the temporal things of this world that hold us here. You have to make the decision. You have to make the decision. So I invite you today, and I'll invite the band up. I invite you today, as I finish, use this place. It might be in your chairs. It might come up the front. Use this place today as an altar to... Do business with God. How much of His presence do you want? Do you want it more? Do you want more of His presence? Then what do you have to let go of? What are you deciding to do? How are you entering in? Are you on the riverbank and you've never experienced His presence? Well, today is an opportunity where you can can experience God for real, for fresh, new, new. Do you want his presence? Do you want to enter in? Do you want to enter in deeper? Do you want to die to the things of this world and enter into more of God? His depths are unfathomable. So as we sing our last song, I just want to invite you up and you'll know you'll have that desire, that hunger. Do not ignore that. You'll know it. Don't ignore that hunger. Come out the front, get prayer, get before the king. We tasted his presence this morning. There's more. We tasted it. You don't just have to taste it here. You can go and live in it every day. Wake up his presence. You can have that. Do you want it?